Welcome to Transform with Dr. Maggie Yu, the show about how to become a pilot and not a passenger in your health and in your life. Welcome, everybody, to our interview today. We are interviewing Robin. I'm Dr. Maggie Yu, an integrative physician. And what we're going to be talking about today is Robin is another healthcare provider, and I'm a healthcare provider. Obviously, I'm an integrative physician, and we have our program, Transform, with Dr. Maggie Yu to transform autoimmune disease naturally. I think it's really great to bring another healthcare provider who's had this journey of autoimmune disease, just like me, and to have a really candid and real conversation about our journey and what our journey, personal journey through this, but also our role as a healthcare provider and how that's evolved with our own journey through navigating, um, dealing with our own autoimmune disease. But for Robin, her journey going through our program with us. And Robin, you just have so many insights that we, we talked about recently as you've been going through the program. I'm really excited to introduce you to everyone. So Robin, can you introduce yourself to everybody in the audience just to tell them a little bit about who you are, what kind of provider are you, what your background is with autoimmune disease? Good morning, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to share this part of my journey with you. I am a nurse practitioner. I work in newborn intensive care, which is with premature and sick babies and their families. I've done that for 30 years. My autoimmune journey started about 15 years ago. And as many of us are and have been, I was knocked flat on my back with all kinds, a host of body failure issues and systems failure issues that I, through the years, have slowly recovered, functioned back in many of the areas and had different providers always as you talk about in your program with Killing Godzilla, I've had the people at the park and the people at the apartments and all these things, but no one's ever talking. And so when I saw your program online, there was something that just resonated with me and, and perhaps, which I think we know now is the missing piece for me, which is a lot of mindset work and a lot of personal work on my own spiritual healing and making that a part of the way my body is going to show up and my soul is going to show up in this healing process. Yeah. So Robin, you're graduating from our program shortly in the next couple of days. So I want to just give people an idea that, you know, you're a healthcare provider and people think we know it all. Right? <laughs> you should have known what it was, what it is that it takes to turn around your autoimmune disease because people come to you for this. People come to me for this, right? And I explain in a lot of other interviews and videos what my own journey was and how frustrating that was. So my question for you is, can you give me an idea story-wise? Like, what is the experience like being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and then knowing you're a healthcare provider? <laughs> it is, you know, we have, I had some of the same judgments myself that I should know. And I would have different, different experiences, you know, just losing bladder control and things like that in my thirties that I didn't know what it was. And I would go to different providers and they weren't able to help me. I had no person tell me until I told someone after about four years of perimenopause symptoms in my late thirties that I was perimenopausal. Yeah. And I had to figure it out on my own, which when you're having 17 hot flashes in 12 hours and you can't sleep at night, and I didn't know people could go through perimenopause in their 30s. I did. Um, I, I know you that's did. Like, that's my exact story. Exactly. That's what started this whole crazy search for diagnosis was. People told me I was 36 going through menopause. And people said, Maggie, just getting older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's a normal, this is your new normal. Somebody said that to me, this is your new normal. And I'm like, but it wasn't my normal five years ago. Something has drastically changed and I need help. And they weren't able to give me that help. They're so focused on numbers. They're so focused. They, we, 
um, in the Western mindset are so focused on the, the outcomes and the numbers and using the limited tools that we have and limited resources we have. And so within probably three years of the onset of my first set of symptoms, I started moving gradually into the periphery of more Eastern training and more integrated approach. Within five years, I had my own functional medicine doctor, which 15 years ago, you know, was on the fringes of, of how people practice, but it was something that made sense to me and it works for me. Not everybody's body is meant to live within these lab norms that we have constructed as part of our Western medical model. And so to have somebody finally be able to hear me, to listen to my symptoms, to look at my supplements and not get glassy eyed and overwhelmed when I walk in the door was a big deal for me because I, I knew enough to know that when I come in and I don't know what I'm doing, but I know more than the person I'm seeking help from, it's probably not a good place to be. So I would have to move on. And so I think Robin, this is something I've made. I have several videos about, and it's one of our commandments of what we do is that what the hell's normal. And I think that there's this whole idea that we as doctors, I mean, let's be real. Let's give people a real answer here at the truth. What we have been taught is normal. That lab range next to your number that says normal has nothing to do with what's optimal for human function. That is right. And yet, I think there's a semantics problem. I think language-wise, the way we're training doctors and then the way doctors communicating with people, this concept is completely lost. Normal is not optimal. Right. Because what you've learned in this program, and you're a healthcare provider, you learned this, and you've been dealing with functional medicine doctors, you still learned this in our program, which is like, what is normal is that the 50% of people at that lab, that's the normal range that's been put there. That has nothing to do with optimal, because if you also think about it, who the heck is getting lab work in those areas? The people who are sick are getting lab work. Exactly. People who are sick. People who are dealing chronic disease, people who have suffering, people who have no diagnosis, people who already have health problems and they're getting monitored. Mm -hmm. So the normal range that's there is a sick population. And you're being told and and we're being trained erroneously as doctors that that normal means it's optimal. That's what people should be at. That isn't even the range of normal, healthy people. That's the range of people who are sick or getting these labs. And so... Who the heck wants to be normal in that range? No one. I don't want to be the chronically ill person. I don't want to be the person receiving chemotherapy and that's my ranges are called normal. It's not, right? So there's a huge difference between what's normal and what's optimal. Mm -hmm. What did you learn? Like for me, like, you know, you were seeing functional medicine doctors. You're a medical provider yourself. What did you learn in this process about optimal? Well, I think that one of the main focus points that I that I've taken away from this program and from your approach is that as a person with autoimmune disease and that my body is potentially one trigger away from an inflammatory response that we are in our own subset of parameters and there are things that we can do and and tools that we can use to navigate that so that I can keep my ferritin levels and my thyroid levels and my B12 levels at an optimal range for someone who has an autoimmune history. And so that has been one of the most beneficial things to me because the conversation still continues on the path of wellness. These are my symptoms today. This is what I'm going through today. And then how can I support my body in the healing journey? And so to take that information back to my rheumatologist and to take it back to the people that do participate in this with me is 
a fabulous growth area for all of us to even be able to have that conversation about these are the levels where my body functions best and how I feel best. That's so, I like the way you frame that because one of the things that people, one, we just did a live show on what is it like to work with us? What's behind the scenes? And that was one of the questions. People are like, how do I figure out, how do I work with my current doctors? And what you just pointed out is, is that one of the main things we actually teach, and I think it's totally missing, we do not, first of all, we don't have an educational model in healthcare to actually teach people a master level education on the fight of their lives. That's what this program is. It's the master levels training, and it's an educational model to empower people in healthcare. The number two, the other area that we actually teach is we don't just educate you about what the medical facts are, medical, how to use data or different things. We actually educate people on the skill of being able to, number one, have discernment about whether this is a provider you want to hire or this is a provider you want to fire. And then number three is, how do you actually, once you figured out this is somebody I want to hire or work with, how do you collaborate and invite collaboration of, will you work with me? And you as a patient had to learn that in this program. Absolutely. And I, I've thought for years, Jack, you know this, Maggie, for years, and even you being a provider, I'm sure you had similar experiences when you go to these people who are supposed to be the experts and you go in with your symptoms and you're talking to them and they treat you as if you have not one shred of experience or knowledge base in healthcare. And I have thought for years, oh my gosh, what about the people who aren't like us, who haven't had the baseline education that we can even use? Because you know, on your bad days, that's the only thing that serves you is what you've known. Because it's all you can do to roll over and get to a provider. And so I am so, I am so profoundly impacted by the education that you do for the general lay population and empowering them to have this conversation because there's such a white coat fear. And I know this too, you can imagine this, when I have something important to say and I need someone to come down out of the intensive care mentality and hear me, my white coat goes on. Because I need them to focus and I need them to, to hear what I'm talking about. But on the flip side of that, there's such a fear of questioning and a fear of, of collaboration, I think, on the other side of it that, that maybe your doctor will think you're challenging them. But this is the fight for my life. And that's how I got here. That's how you got here. That's what we're teaching. You're teaching everyone to be able to fight for their lives. Because the other person sitting on the side of that desk with their white coat on and their prescription pad doesn't have to go home and live with the symptoms and live with the life that we live with. They just spend five minutes, write their little script, and then move on with their day. This is a really great point, Robin, because I think people don't realize behind the scenes what happens when the typical chronic disease or autoimmune disease patient walks into the doctor's clinic. When we come into the room, typical autoimmune disease patients has like six to 20 symptoms of which 18 to 19 of those symptoms, we don't even attest to diagnose what the problem really is, which what the target is in autoimmune attack. They may have a diagnosis, they may not have a diagnosis, but nonetheless, they're coming with six to 20 symptoms. I have 15, 20 minutes to spend with them. This is our walking nightmare. This is the last patient you want walking in to your, your office because you don't got the time you don't got the focus, you don't got the know-how to deal with 95% of their symptoms or problems. No. And when you go in with that list, and it's taken you a long time to compile the list because it takes energy to think about it when your brain isn't functioning, and somebody can only hit two or three of those things, very often you leave feeling like the rest of the symptoms don't matter, or maybe this, I said to myself, maybe this is going to be my new normal at times. And then there were other times when I when I said, no, this isn't, 
this isn't me. This isn't how I'm going to live. I'm not going to allow my life to function. I'm going to keep searching until I can find a provider who's willing to say, no, this isn't all there is. And these are the ways I can help you. You know, it's really fascinating. I had that firsthand experience with this just with my son this past week. My son's been dealing with a twitch, like that's on his, around his ears for six months. And he insisted on going in to see, you know, he's 19, <laughs> but he insisted on going to see it. I had said to him, I know you're going to need some blood work. You need to go in and talk to the doctor because I know what needs to happen, but it wasn't. And he said, I'll go in myself, mom. And he did. He comes back and he's very frustrated. He's like, mom, that was a waste of my copay. The guy said he didn't know what the heck was wrong with me and he didn't order anything. He didn't do anything. And I just said, hey, would you like my help to go in with you again? And actually have a real conversation that really invites the collaboration or for them to truly understand the impact of having this. This is a twitch in a 19-year-old. He looks normal and he looks healthy, but he's, ha- he's having a severe headache that he has to go to bed instead of studying. You know, it's interrupting the, the degree. And he didn't know how to communicate it, right? And it was very interesting going in with him to see a doctor, a different doctor this time, but I went in with him and I showed him through my own example how to invite collaboration how to actually express the extent and the impact of that symptom or those symptoms have on him. And how do you actually engage and say, will you work with me to take this to the next level? Will you order these labs? Will you order this MRI? Will you do this referral? And it was me actually demonstrating the skill of inviting collaboration to my son. And it was fascinating when we walked out of there. He's like, mom, thank God you were there. Yeah, it's the best. It is the best. And to give us the courage to be able to have that dialogue and then to know that providers have limitations also because we're human. And so not every person's office we walk into with our list of labs and our list of symptoms and our list of medications, not every person is going to be able or willing to collaborate with us. And it's okay. It's okay to find someone to have that dialogue with, and it's okay to move until you get to a place where you can have that collaboration. Do you feel like after you've had this training, do you think the conversations you're going to have with your functional doctor, your rheumatologist, how would it be? Have it or has it already changed or how do you think it's going to change? It has already changed. I haven't for years. I have not done well with an authoritarian approach to patient care. So I have to have a dialogue. And if the person can't dialogue, then I have to move on. And so my, usually my first appointment is, is kind of an interview appointment and, and making sure that that's that we're going to be okay with that. And, and some people are not okay with it. And that's okay. You're just not the provider for me and not worthy of my copay or my time. And so, no, I think that, that definitely moving forward, there are nuggets that I've taken away from this because even though I had some of my own experience and some of my own knowledge base in many of the areas, I didn't know the nuances and the way to articulate those to the provider to be able to move myself to the next level of care. So you feel like already you're starting to be able, you start with an interview and the interview is really, are you the right fit for me? And are you actually worthy to be part of my A-team is my, the way I, I really approach this. True. That is the truth. That is the truth because I know that I'm worth the effort and I know that I am worth the intention and the dialogue and the collaboration. But if they're not able to show up and be present for me like that, then it's not a place for me to stay. So this was not something that you inherently knew. I know, Robin, that, you know, we've worked together now about 10 weeks and you didn't start out feeling like you were worth the attention and these outcomes. 
just like most of the people in the audience we're talking to right now, there is a sense, even though we're doctors, we still don't feel like, and most of you out there watching, don't feel like I'm worth someone's attention, focus, and I'm not worth necessarily this investment in I'm going to make or they're going to make in helping me get better. This was your journey. Can you tell me how this journey evolved during this program? Because this is a new place you're at from where you were 10 weeks ago. One of the biggest pieces for me throughout this process, and when I met you, I knew there was purpose and I knew there would be value in the program for me. I kind of didn't know what it would be. And what has come out of this in the end for me is a bigger mindset shift. And it is knowing that I have value, but then it's also knowing in my soul and in every cell of my body that I have value and that there is value in healing and value in wellness and that I am worthy of that. As a provider, I am worthy of setting limits with my schedule. I am worthy of making sure that I get meals. I am worthy of trying to incorporate all of these self-care things into my daily work schedule to help me be as successful as I can in that environment. And that was a big shift for me because I've been in a lot of survival mode for the past few years and had put myself on the back burner. And so being able to come to the mindset place of not just giving, not just saying the words that I have value, but owning that and then making the changes that I need to in my daily life to bring it forward. I think a lot of people in the audience would be shocked that as healthcare providers who are patients ourselves, that we actually have this exact same journey of self-worth and my value, valuing myself and my outcomes, right? That's true. That's true. And last night, Robin, in our community where we, during the program, we have mastermind calls, coaching calls that are in a small group in an intimate setting that's video and audio. I mean, and we do this every week during the program for hours. And the community part is huge. And last night, you just had an incredible share. And it was really personal. And I'm just going to ask, if you don't mind sharing it with other people out here struggling with autoimmune disease, I would love it if you could share it. And it'd be really generous of you if you could. Thank you, Maggie. I'm I'm actually honored to share this. This is a big aha for me and an epiphany with this last mindset. This is an adaptation from a book called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And I kind of took her own writing and then adapted it for my journey and where I am. My deepest fear is not that I am ill. My deepest fear is that I am abundantly healthy beyond measure. It is my health, not my illness, that most frightens me. I ask myself, who am I to be full of energy, with mental clarity, and a body that resonates with physical, emotional, spiritual, and energetic well-being? Actually, who am I not to be? I am a child of God. My being ill does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about embracing illness and to have this path define me. I am born to make manifest the abundance of wellness that is within me. It is not just in some. Wellness is in everyone. And as I allow my body, mind, and soul to heal, I unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As I am liberated from my own illness, my return to abundant wellness also liberates others. Wow. That's my big takeaway. And I have it placed everywhere around my house so that I can see it every day and read it every day. You know, what's beautiful about that is that something that's huge for me to teach, but is the power of manifestation, which is 
you know, a lot of times people live in repeating their current suffering or looking in the rear mirror, repeating the journey that got them here. You know, and I see Facebook posts and private messages to us all day with people doing that. And, you know, I'm not the first person they've done this to or the first time even that day. And they're repeating over and over again the journey that got them here and the place they're in of suffering. And that's what they manifest yes. because it's the power of repetition. And this, what you just wrote, is what I call a manifestation that you're repeating which is who is that person that actually values myself? Who is the person that actually values my own outcomes? Who is that person that's going to give myself the permission to actually get better so that I can be an example to others and to give permission and free other people of the jail of pain and suffering they're in? Yes. And I think as a, honestly, as a provider, that is one of the greatest gifts of where I am in this journey is to be able to be an example of what is possible when you do the work. And it's not just the supplements and it's not just the appointments and it's not just talking to the providers and articulating. It is also your own spiritual journey and what you're willing to let go of so that you can live the life of wellness that you're meant to live. So you alluded to all the mindset work that we're doing with you and the the people in our program. And this is a very intimate space, our community of people going through this program with you and with us and the level of connection and share and growth that everyone's doing in the group is just astounding. And to me, it sounds like number one thing that you came out of this is that you are a child of God, you are of value, and you can be an example. I'm just going to ask you, one of the things that as a healthcare provider, we haven't never just practiced in this way is one-on-one patient care doesn't lend itself to understanding the power of community and other people going through this journey with you. And you shared this last night to everyone. And oh my God, we were all so moved because it touched on my own personal journey so profoundly. And my question about it is, what is it like for the first time as a patient with autoimmune disease to experience what having a community is like? I think for me, the community piece has been one of the biggest helps because I think for myself, there's a couple of pieces, having autoimmune disease and then being a healthcare provider, not a lot of places to, to have support and to feel heard and to, to, to be able to just be yourself and express yourself without judgment. And so what I am taking away from this is our small pod is, is a huge uh, benefit to our group. And I love the girls that are in my small pod. And I'm going to miss the master calls. And because I really do enjoy that sharing and hearing other people's story, but also then the part of knowing that you're not alone. And if you're having a bad day, then you can just say to someone who gets it, because very often we don't look sick on the outside. Very often we are functional. And People don't know that when we walk, sometimes it's like walking through quicksand or (laughs) walking with 50 pound weights on our legs. They don't know that because we still walk. And so it is a, it's been a beautiful part of this journey to get this community and to be hooked in with people who share the same issues and share the same struggles. And then are also able to support each other in similar ways. It's been beautiful. And Robin, this, I mean, you're, what you're saying about the community is, was a surprise to me. I didn't start out this program thinking that community was going to be a major tool that really was responsible for a lot of these changes and ongoing 
outcomes for people, right? The support. I mean, we have people who have friendships for life and our alumni group is huge and it's so supportive. And there's people a year out like Tracy Rupp that are still, you know, Liz Butler, these people we've done interviews with over a year ago, continue to get outcomes. And they're part of this group of people that are supporting everyone else's journey that have gone through our program. So for me, this was surprise, 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 because we're on one-on-one patient care and we think all outcomes has to come on one-on-one. And I have people reaching out to us. How can I work with you one-on-one? And I'll be really honest with you, after delivering this program, seeing the results, seeing the power of community, I personally, I mean, I can, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think doing one-on-one with any number of providers or programs that you would be able to get the changes and outcomes that you have now? Is it possible to get on a one-on-one basis, Robin? Absolutely not. Because the truth of my journey is that I've done one-on-one work for 15 years and I was 70% better, which is way better. And I'm not, I'm not complaining, nor am I ungrateful. But I do believe that the, the last piece, and certainly for me, is this sense of community and the sense of belonging. And also the gift of having the tools of knowing where my lab values, I mean, this is not to overshadow that, Maggie, like your gift of of giving us that information of where I'm most likely to feel the best and to get in touch with my own body. That's a beautiful tool to take forward. And then to have this, this community around me is the bonus. And I wasn't expecting it either when I joined the program, because I, of course, was technical and I wanted your numbers and I wanted your your information so I can help myself. And um, that has been the greatest gift to me is, is this community. And I, and I think that, I think that I know that I would not have the outcomes without this. I love that. And this answer, because it's so unexpected and people don't even expect that coming in, asking us information about us. They think one-on-one because that's the only way they know how to get results they think that that's superior but they, because they don't know any other way. And we didn't know any other way until we actually experienced it, until I delivered it and people told me. <laughs> I had no idea that, you know, which is that one to many and many together is way more powerful than one-on-one. And one of the main reasons is because we learn from everybody else. These people in the program with you are just as much as your support as they're your mentors. because. Yes. Some of them are two weeks ahead of you, four weeks ahead of you, eight weeks ahead of you. And our alumni is a year ahead of you. They're actually showing you what their journey is and what's possible only two weeks away, four weeks away. And how much of a difference did that mentorship make to you during the program, Robin? It was huge, especially starting out with the first mastermind calls. Those were a little, honestly, a little scary for me because I didn't know what to expect and I I like to be prepared. But what was beautiful is that I saw a glimpse into what the program could be. And then also as you review different aspects of each person's journey, there are parts of each person's story that have value and add and add information and add insight to my own. And so that part was priceless because I didn't expect that. And the mastermind calls are really are really a great place for reviewing and and retrieving things. And then you also make more connections because we have our little small group, but then the mastermind call is a bigger group. And so you learn more about people through there. So it's been a, it's been a very fabulous experience. Well, you know what I find fascinating? It was as a clinical provider, one-on-one, what I wasn't able to provide was the structure for community, right? And now I understand because we deliver this online, anyone around the country in the United States, what I realized was there's a couple things that we do that's key that fosters the growth of community that wasn't possible in the clinical setting. Number one is, is that when you join the program, you're part of a small Facebook group with only the people you're going through the program with. 
number one. Number two is you actually share a lot of your wins, struggles, questions, homework assignments in this small Facebook group. And there's ongoing support and conversation and connection. This is like connection with people who are on the same page, have the same training, have the same mindset work and lessons and outcomes and people even ahead of you. So the level of connection and communication in this community is crazy, fast, huge. And then number three, you guys are part of a pod, which is a smaller group of two to four people that start at the same time as you, as you go through this program. And you meet every week with your pod for about 20, 30 minutes to actually set goals, track your progress and celebrate your wins accountability and friendships for life is what the pod system allows to happen. But this can't happen in a standard clinical setting. Absolutely not. There's no room for it. There's no room for it. There's no structure for it. Heck, HIPAA laws prevent that kind of stuff. You can't share stuff about other people with other, you know, other clients with other clients. You, you have to pretend like you don't know them unless you've been, been given explicit information that you can share it. And so that's part of the beauty of this is, is really seeing other people's outcomes and seeing other people's experiences intimately and being able to move forward with that because it does inspire courage. It does elicit confidence to be able to see that dialogue and to, as you progress through the program. So Robin, I want to really say thank you. This is a incredibly intimate and real conversation and it's vulnerable for us as healthcare providers who are supposed to know all the answers ourselves to actually show up like this on an interview and give our real answers about our own journey, which is painful, isolating, you know, powerless, frustrating. We have the exact same struggles as healthcare providers as everyone else going through autoimmune disease. It's true. It is true. And sometimes different because we still show up and we still serve other people in our, in our daytime job. You're right. And so thank you, Robin, so much for this conversation and for your vulnerability. And if you want to learn more just about what our program is about and how we delivered this kind of experience and outcomes for Robin and the other people in our program, you can go to drmaggie.com and watch our training and you can speak to us too. You can book a call with us because I always tell people that working with us is not a transaction. It's a relationship. And a relationship really is starts with a conversation. So for me, it's really important for us to get on the phone and actually talk to people one-on-one and connect like you and I did, Robin, 10 weeks ago. And this is a relationship. So Robin, I want to thank you because this is the start of a beautiful, I've I loved your journey the last 10 weeks, but this is also the start of an amazing, beautiful friendship and relationship that we have yes, uh, that I, val- I will treasure and value for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Thank you, Maggie. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I'm, I am honored to share this part of the journey with you and to share my story with people in hopes that it can move other people into sparking change in their life. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for your support in raising awareness and sharing this. To learn more about our program, visit drmaggieu.com forward slash talk.